Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list the list the list what what the list how are you Doc Manson at Doc Manson I am tired DC Matthews at the DC Matthews how are you do you just cringe Every time you see a little notification that you have received a message from me, does it just make you go, ugh? No, not really. I I enjoy podcasting more than most of my responsibilities in life, so so I can't say I cringe. Although, yeah, I, I just I've been, it's been a busy semester so far. Uh, there's a lot of things going on at work, a lot of different balls that I'm juggling mm-hmm. in my mouth. And, um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out, I think, but, um, it's, it's been a, a week and on top of that, a, as you know, uh, I've started, well, I don't know if you know, but GQ and I, we, we, we have started, uh, recording things. Good. So that's, that's like another night a week. So it's, I, uh, I did recording for my own super secret project over the weekend. Oh man. So. I oh, had a, I had the kind of day where at two different points during my work day I went, you know, if I could just devote all of my time to podcasting, I bet I could make at least 10% of what I make just from my other job and that would be not nearly enough, but you know, <laughs> I entered, you know, I entertained that idea for a minute or two. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the list, Share the list. Share the list with all of your would-be wrestling pals to get that listy goodness into more ear holes. That's what DC and Doc command of you. Well, and I'd like to point out, we got a lot of positive feedback on the last episode of DDT Wrestling, which came out on Friday, and that was a non-wrestling podcast. Like, we talked about sci-fi characters, and there were a bunch of people that were like, hey, that was a pretty good show. And I'm like, hey... Thank you. Hey, we did like, I don't know, 50 episodes of this already on the NAI network. I don't know if anybody can actually get those episodes now, but... I don't know. I don't know how that works. All I know is, you know, while it's not a ton more, it's we're, we're, trending, we're trending in a good no, direction. Our, our podcast numbers are slowly... No, no, they're not. Creeping. Are they? I think so. Oh, okay. I, I, don't want I to can't di- say I've looked. I don't want to discuss specifics, because I don't want to embarrass all the other people who only have, you know, whatever they have listened to them. But, like, I don't want to... It's true. I don't want to embarrass our affiliates, the New Age Insiders, by sa- sharing <laughs> our numbers. <laughs> I know. We wouldn't want to make them feel bad. Okay, so the list, ladies and gentlemen, the list. How many How many names do we have on our list these days? I've done the math. We have some two... We have 242. I don't know if you saw the tweet I sent you, but there are 242 uh, names. We've done 20 episodes, not counting reconciliations, which comes out to about 12. We get about a dozen names done in an episode. There are still about 800 names on the list to be listed. So we've got about 60-some-odd episodes, and that's provided no one else begins wrestling and gets included on the list. All right. So what you're saying is we should go very quickly. We shouldn't waste four minutes 
talking about nothing at the beginning of the shows. We should just start banging these names out. Like, de- I should just go to the num- it, random number generator. It depends if you want to be done. Like, do you want this and I should, show to be over? Is that what you're telling me? I should me? just tell you that the first number today is 623, and we should just get started. Oh, it's a good name, too. You're All not right. going to have any idea who this is, but I I do. I love this name. Um, I'm sorry you want this to be over, though. But the name is Sergeant Craig the Pitbull Pitman. Huh. Okay, well, I I see him, and I have no idea who this is. Uh, Craig the Pitbull Pittman was a wrestler in WCW in the mid-90s, right around 95, maybe 94, 95. He had a military gimmick, as you would expect. He was kind of like a drill sergeant. Um, Went back and forth between being a heel and a face. Had a nice cross-arm breaker as a finisher. Not a bad wrestler didn't have a, a huge career i don't know if he did anything after that but you know a nice i enjoyed his work uh the pitbull do you he, think he's in any way inspired by the 1995 movie major pain i think the character might be a little bit although he didn't have he wasn't as funny as damon wayans that's unfortunate but All um right. But yeah, was he, was he a comedy character or was he just straight up? At first, uh, no. At first, I remember he was legit, like he was a heel drill sergeant, I believe. Um, and then he became a little bit more. He became a babyface and became a little bit more. I won't say a goofy character, but there was a little more lightheartedness to him. But again, his career only about two years in WCW, and then wrestled he's a got, little bit had, was an MMA guy for a little bit so he's got some intense eyes I'll give him that he does you know I hesitate I'm always thinking what will Jeremy say and I don't know if Craig Pittman I think Craig Pittman is a guy who's around the Horner line I'm looking at 186 Man Mountain Rock aka Max Payne that's about right you know not a bad wrestler but a brief a brief window of time, not on the level of Scotty Riggs or even Luther Reigns, I would say. Well, hold on a second. Didn't Tim Horner like win championships? Aren't aren't we maybe talking below the Horner line? Maybe. Uh, yeah, Tim Horner. He has won. He won championships in smaller promotions. Although I'm sure Jeremy will yell at me because he won some NWA. Maybe he's a junior heavyweight tag champion or something. You could put him below the Horner line, I suppose. You know, in the in the Adam. Pierce, he's above Jungle Jim Steele at 200, that's for sure. Well above the Spirit Squad at 202? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But in yeah. that Mark Starr, Al Perez category, I'd go with that. The thing that I like about Major Payne, even not knowing who he is, <laughs> I mean, outside movie. of Damon Wayans. I like that I movie. It's, like it's got the girl from Fresh Prince in it. Oh, okay. I remember it being all right. I can't say I've seen it in the last 20 years. Yes, DC. The last twenty years, I've come. But, to, I've come to terms with how old we are. I guess um, I could see putting him maybe like right after Tim Horner, just off the strength of a character that looks pretty well defined. I would put him below the Fantastics, but if you wanted to put him above Scott Armstrong, I would. I would go there. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm happy at 196 for Major One, Pain. 196, Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pittman. There we go. All We're right. off and running. Another number, please. 233. 
two, three, three brings us to Crash Holly. You know that. All right. So how do you feel about Crash Holly? Uh, Certainly not as good as Hardcore Holly or Molly Holly. So while the weakest of the Hollies, I enjoyed Little Crash Holly. I enjoyed them carrying scales to the ring. I enjoyed all of that little ridiculous stuff that they did. You know, I'm just putting together right now that Crash Holly and Hardcore Holly are not the same person. Yes, no, Crash is the little cousin of Hardcore Holly. Yeah, I think I think somewhere in my brain I knew that. I knew that Sparky Plug was not Crash Holly, but yeah. somehow... Somehow I was crossing those wires. We are we are talking, he's a European champion, he's a light heavyweight champion, he is a tag team champion, and the boy won the hardcore title 22 times. Okay, but let's be honest, none of those titles mean anything. Hey, I, let's, let's, let's not, let's not go there. Let's say, I'm not going to say he doesn't mean anything, but they they don't mean a lot. He was a follower of Mattitude. V- right at the end. Yeah. 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 That's to tell you something about how that career went. He had a good run, though, with the with the gimmick. Uh, you know, again, you, you were talking about Craig Pittman with the gimmick. This gimmick, carrying the scale and saying he's a super heavyweight when he is clearly not, I enjoy that. Okay. So where are you feeling he might be on this list? <sighs> I would put him above the Horner line, but I'm not going to go. Well, I would wow, put you're him jumping above. right over the goon. You're well I, above 183. I would put him above the Highlanders. The Highlanders are awesome. They are, but they're not 22 time hardcore champions. I uh, can't argue with that. Uh, but then again, you get to Tom Zenk at 175, Louis Spicoli and Hakushi. I don't mean to dissuade you, because if you wanted to tell me winning the hardcore title 22 times meant more than winning the cruiserweight title, uh, I would believe you and put him above TJP at 157. Does Crash Holly belong above Bastion Booger, I guess is what I'm asking you. Well, depends on what we're talking about here. Personal preference, clearly not. But Matt Taven, Rockin' Robin, Luchasaurus, yeah, okay. I'd even put him above Ted DiBiase Jr. Okay. He's not as high as Kurt Hawkins, though. No. No, maybe right around the Singh brothers. Yeah, I I have difficulty placing him above Scott Demore. So if you want to slot him in at 154 between Scott Demore and the Singh brothers. Let's go with that. 154, Scott Demore, then Crash Holly, then the Bollywood boys. Holly Bollywood boys. There we go. Holly Bolly. Our next number. 727. Seven, that might not exist anymore. Two, we took a couple names off the list. Seven does not exist. We so have, go to the highest number. 726? There you go. Oh, it's good. This is a good episode. Two Cold Scorpio, a.k.a. Flash Funk. I don't think I know this gentleman. Oh, do yourself a favor with all that free time you don't have and all that interest in perusing the WWE Network archives that you don't have. Look up Two Cold Scorpio. Two Cold Scorpio, uh, 
I'm actually you, lying to you. I do know who this is. Yeah. You know how free to continue. You know how Neville floats through the air sometimes when, when Neville, not Bill Neville, but Adrian Neville, although Bill Neville could float through the air as far as I know. When, when Adrian Neville moves sometimes, it's like, it's like gravity has forgotten him. Amazingly enough. Uh, Scorpio was one of the first guys I remember seeing where I was like, how is his body just hanging in the air like that? Where would you rank a too cold Scorpio against other aerial acrobatics like Rob Van Dam, per se? The problem is, too cold Scorpio is, I dare say, a a trendsetter. He is he is one of those foundation guys that a guy like Rob Van Dam was built on. I really think that like too cold Scorpio was the early nineties. You know, by the time he got to be Flash Funk, he was actually, I won't say at the end of his career, but I I think you could make the case that he might have been past his prime in Flash Funk time. But in ECW and in WCW, like, he was, you know, uh, someone that I think a lot of people took from and, you know, really got a lot out of. So I would rank him pretty highly just based on his influence Though clearly Rob Van Dam is better. But let me see here. Just off the top of my head, I'd put him above Mantar. I mean, let's I be would, honest here. I would personally put him above Rosie. A member of the job squad. Yeah. Let me see. No, I can't put him in the top 50 because Brian Pillman's right there, who's another guy like that. But Tatanka's at 58. I'd put him above Del Rio. So we need to find a home from him somewhere above 70, but below 50. So we could split the difference and just say 60 if you are really trying to move fast. No, not necessarily. But let's see. Too cold, Scorpio. I'm definitely happy with him above 57, which is Chris mm-hmm. Haven. I would be happy with him above 55, despite knowing that R-Truth is a former NWA champion. Okay, but yeah, I don't know if I'd put him above Tito Santana at 53, though. Okay. So. 54? Too yeah. Cold Scorpio? Above Caitlin? I think so. Yeah. All right. Too Cold Scorpio, the 54th greatest wrestler of all time. By the way, the top 10, which hasn't changed in a week or two. Uh, would you like to read it or should I? You can go ahead. The the 10th greatest wrestler of all time, according to Doc Manson and myself, is the man they call Vader. Number 9, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Number 8, the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Number 7, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Number 6, Kevin Owens. Number 5, The Iron Sheik. Number 4, The Bad Guy Scott Hall. Number 3, John Cena. Number 2, Mr. McMahon. And our pick as the greatest wrestler of all time as of now... Oh, yeah, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. I kind of want to see the list get out there. Like, I want to see somebody write, like, some sort of, like, really snarky Twitter uh, message about how these two idiots with a podcast think these are the top ten wrestlers of all time. Like, I just want them, like, to pluck the list as a moment in time as as, as though not, it was our definitive and not list. Say, and not say that it's continually growing, but saying, no, this is it. Hogan, right. Undertaker, Ric Flair, not on the list, but Vader and Christopher Daniels. 
Yeah, yeah. I'd really, I really would like somebody to misinterpret this entire project. And uh, you heard him. You heard him, besties. You heard what Doc wants, and what Doc wants, Doc tends to get. Let's let's get some flack about the list out there. Maybe that'll drum up some. We'll get the out. conversation started. There you go. Another number, please. The next number is sixty-five. Sixty-five. Do 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 do. Well, we included Scott Armstrong. Here's his brother, Steve Armstrong. Okay. Now, Steve Armstrong is an interesting uh, case because while Steve Armstrong... Hmm, it's kind of hard to say who the weakest of the Armstrong brothers are. It might be Scott, despite the fact that he's had the longest career because he's a referee. Um, Steve Armstrong... Stretch Armstrong has those real flappy arms, so... True. He probably is fairly weak. Uh, Steve Armstrong was part of a team in uh, the late 80s, early 90s, known as the Southern Boys, with Tracy Smothers, who is another name we'll talk about at some point. Uh, And they had some really good matches with the Freebirds in WCW. Um... Then he he came to the WWF as Lance Cassidy under a babyface cowboy gimmick. He was there for about three months. Huh. Showed up in October of 92, left in January of 93. Um, but yeah, wrestled for a while, and then... I don't know what he's done. He, I don't know if he's still in wrestling. I think he might have been done with wrestling, so... You know, he's he's ranked, again, I don't know that we'd put him above the Horner line. We're in that ballpark. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But his the strength, I would say, comes out of that Southern Boys team, which was pretty good. So I personally want to put him below his brother because Scott Armstrong was a referee for almost 20 years, but I don't know if that's really the spirit of this list. I'm fine with that. Should we put him right below? You, you've highlighted Scott Armstrong's 199. Do we put Steve Armstrong at 200, just one spot below it? I mean, I was just making a, a point of reference for me. I, I think you need to tell me how do you feel about uh, Steve Armstrong versus someone like the Basham brothers. I have a soft spot in my heart for Doug Basham because he wrestled yeah. as the machine and wore, like essentially a leather like mask that should have had a zipper on the mouth sort of thing like that that takes some guts to wear that kind of outfit i mean you're right so you're saying steve armstrong below the basham brothers which is well below well, I'm, Brian I'm looking christopher at, and i'm looking at i'm looking at this and saying maybe other heart brothers I'm looking at this and saying, you know, Brian Christopher should be higher than Scott Armstrong. So I'm, I'm making mental notes for the reconciliation show we'll do in a couple of weeks. I would say, yes, Steve Armstrong deserves to be below the Basham brothers and below Furnace and Lafon, but above David Flair. Okay. So I'm going to go with 213, below Boris Zukov, mm-hmm. the lesser of the Bolsheviks. And again, Jeremy, if you would like to uh, email and yell about the Southern Boys, please do. Another number, please. 502. 502. Yoshihashi. 
Yoshihashi. Not Yoshitatsu. Mm. Not Yoshi from Mario. No, not this time. Yoshihashi. Oh, man, look at that hair. He looks uh, like... He looks like, um... He's in that Dragon Ball thing. It looks like he's gone Super Zaiyan. That's, that's what they call that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Um, right. Yeah, Yoshihashi is a guy from New Japan. Um, I don't know a lot about him. I've seen him wrestle a couple of times. I've never been particularly impressed. Uh, has not won any titles in New Japan. Um, he, I seem to recall him like walking to the ring with a staff or a cane, and I can't figure out why. You can't figure out why you remember that or why he did. Yeah, he walks to the ring with a with a like. It's not a scepter, but it's a staff. But he doesn't use it in matches, and I d don't know enough about his character to know. Like, he's not a wizard, so <laughs> I don't know what the purpose of the staff is. Well, That's pretty see. much all I have to say. Yoshihashi, not a wizard. <laughs> that means he's not going to fare very well on this list. I, you know. Uh, <sighs> Looks like he tag-teamed with... I mean, a lot of people, including Okada, at one point. Yeah, I think he's part of the Chaos Stable, which is the stable that Okada and Shinsuke Nakamura were both, or are slash were part of. Um, the problem is, so many people are so high on New Japan that they're going to, you know, they always want all their New Japan guys to be ranked pretty high. But I look at this, and if I have to choose, if somebody tells me, DC, you can watch a Yoshihashi match, or you can watch a Tamina match. I personally will take the Tamina match. Oof. I'll take the I'll take the Rico match. I'll take the Crime Time match. I'll take the Rich Swan match. So, you know, maybe in that. So I'm looking at 189 is Yujiro Takahashi, who is the uh, the Tokyo Pimp of the bullet club. That's about the ballpark. That's kind of, he's, he's just a guy in new Japan. I will say, I mean, it looks like this Yoshihashi guy has lost a whole lot of title matches. It seems like he's, he's constantly in that main event sort of scene, whether that's tag team championships or, uh, it looks like even, even, uh, it was, you know, challenging, the heavyweight championship against uh, Kenny Omega at one point here. So it looks like he's fairly well regarded, but but yeah. I again somebody who is a little more. His nickname is the Headhunter. I don't know why. It's probably got something to do with that wizard staff. I I've never seen him. Uh, hunt heads staff or no staff so if it were up to me i would say he is somewhere around 190 he's right around the horner line if you want to put him a little higher i'd say 194 he's above actually 193 he's above tank toland and rubik's because i don't even know who those guys are um okay but so that's what i would say but well below pat tanaka I like Pat Tanaka. Pat Tanaka was good. All right. Plus, 
Yoshihashi is one of those guys, and again, this is probably a, a translation thing. There are certain wrestlers in New Japan whose names, when you write them in English, are all capitalized, but I don't know why. And I like I like meaning in things. So. All right. Well, tell me what the meaning of this next number is. Sure. The number is 92. The number is 92. I give you Daga. Daga. I believe that's Lucha Underground. It is. I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, is that one of uh, the Luchasaurus's friends? I don't know. Or am I incorrect on that? Uh, he was part of Cobra Moon's reptile tribe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Daga was the other one. <laughs> okay. Um, he wrestled in AAA for six years and then was part of the reptile tribe. I might have once called him on this podcast uh, the Portly Drago. Okay. Does he wear a mask like Drago? Yeah, all the all the reptile folks do. Um, Not so, according to what I'm looking at. No, I don't see a mask on anybody of these pictures. Oh nope. Let me see. I like the the amount of silence that we're putting. In this. Okay, I'm thinking of Poondar. Who is Poondar? <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch. Oh yeah, I could see why Poondar you would consider chubby. Yes. No. This is not him. That's not him. No. Poondar Daga and Daga different. are not the same folks. Dog is somebody different. I think this means. I, I don't know. I think this means. Do we skip him? If if you've mistaken him for someone else, doesn't that immediately mean we don't <laughs> count him and we just pick another number? I'm okay with it. Okay. Goodbye. Sorry, Daga. Daga. I feel like I should know who you are, but apparently I don't. So we're gonna we're gonna flip on over to the other list, the the female competitor sure. list, and, and our first pick from that list will be number forty five. Number forty five. Do you know who Rosa Mendez is? She sounds familiar. I always liked Rosa Mendez, actually. Um, she was with the company, I feel like, for a fairly long time. And by the company, I mean the WWE. She, she, if I'm 2006 to 2017? Yeah, I was going to say, if I recall, she's one of those people who sort of flew under the radar. Like, every time somebody tells me how long Alicia Fox has been with the WWE. I'm always surprised. And I think Rosa Mendez is sort of the same way. Um, okay. Um, this is all during my lost years, but it sounds like she managed uh, the Matadors for a bit. She was part of the Diva Search. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was a Beth Phoenix number one fan for a while. I remember her. Did she I'd, wrestle? Hmm. Yes, she definitely wrestled. I'm trying to remember anything particular about her wrestling. And all I can remember is it not being bad. Okay. I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, hmm. 
I, I guess I should probably just start looking at the list here. I, I definitely have stronger feelings about... She won a Slammy Award for the best use of exercise equipment. I have many questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you what, know, I find what, her serviceable. What equipment did she use? But let's see here. Do, 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 do. Speaking of Alicia Fox, she's going to be wrestling on Raw in just a couple of hours. I definitely and, think And I like... just randomly throwing it out there, because I don't know anything about Rosa Mendes, um, Mick Foley should be on Raw tonight, if that makes you interested in watching. Not particularly. Okay. Well, just thought I'd throw it out there. All right, where are we talking? Uh, Cameron at 216. Higher, I'm assuming. Much higher. I, I would maybe put her... I mean, you can make an argument for her being below the Horner line, but at the same time... I do feel like she may, maybe just through the longevity of how long mm-hmm. she was just around. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking maybe somewhere north of Tamina at 178. Well, let's let's just jump a little higher and go. Uh, Eva Lise is at 147. Who gives you better feelings? I think Eva Lise gives me better wrestling feelings, certainly. Sure. Um. Well, we're in that. Crash Holly territory now because yeah. if, we're, if we're going down there, we've got think, Crash Holly, we've yeah. got TJP. I think she's definitely above Ted DiBiase Jr. at one fifty eight. Um, I could see her. You know what? I will put her. I would say above Kurt Hawkins at one fifty two. So we're we putting her right at one fifty two, or does she make it above the Ascension? I think the Ascension had a really great run in NXT. So I think below the Ascension. Rosa Mendez, 152. Works we'll have to me. go back and watch her wrestle in uh, the WrestleMania 30-something-something. There's a picture of her in the ring, and she's dressed like Marilyn Monroe. And again, many questions. 14 Diva Vicky Guerrero Invitational Match for the WWE Divas Championship. Okay, then. Yeah. All right. Are we hopping back over to the men's list? Or are we, we staying are. on what number are we going with here? Four, four, five. Four, four, five. Four, four, five. Four, four, five. We've had Billy Gunn. Now it's his brother, Bart Gunn. I've always preferred Bart Gunn. How is that possible? Well, of you the missed, smoking Did gun. you miss... I'm pretty sure. Did you watch? Were you still watching during the smoking gun era? I remember did... the smoking guns, and Bart Gunn was definitely the more handsome of the two. Okay. I think it's because he had a more filled in mustache. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. Look at, check it out. I'm looking at it. I don't doubt it. I mean. Oh, Billy Gunn, you look I, ridiculous. I guess, in fairness, Bart Gunn is the Marty Jannetty of the team. But, man, he's got a great stash. I think that stash Uh, is going to propel him higher on this list than you care to admit, sir. I enjoy Bart Gunn. He did the whole Brawl for All thing. Uh, He was part of the new Midnight Express with Sparky Plug. It was like Bodacious Bob and Bombastic Bart. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He got knocked out by Butterbean. Then, to be honest, he went to to Japan and had a decent career in Japan. So the I'm, whole I'm... Butterbean thing, though, actually, that's, in fairness, I think that's a pretty, that whole Brawl for All thing, the Butterbean thing, 
I think I feel like that's actually a pretty memorable moment from yes. the late nineties. It's gonna annoy people, but he is above the Horner line just because of those sorts of things. I don't think he goes above Mantar. Do you? Let me see. I gotta find the Mantar line. Oh, one thirteen. No. no, no, no. Certainly not. Certainly not above Mantar. However, is he better than the Colognes? Yeah. I can't remember what the Colognes did. Well, they were matadors once. Yeah, but they got outshadowed by a bull. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I like Bart Gunn. I, I think you could put him... I, I would put him above the Warlord, because the Warlord, you've got the mask and the stick with the W on it, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot else. I'd even go so far as to say... Well, 114 is Axe of Demolition. You like That's Axe. about the same, because again... Axe, <laughs> excuse me, is kind of the Marty Jannetty of demolition. But did Axe have a killer mustache? Uh, if he did, it was covered in paint. See? So you wouldn't know. That's what I'm saying. All right. I'll say 114, Bart Gunn. Yeah, Bart Gunn. Yeah, the extra end. I'd like to point out Billy is still higher, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense. All right. All right, we're not going Onward too far. We're going to 471. 471. The Young Bucks, a.k.a. for you, Generation, Generation Me. Me. Okay, Generation Me was a very short-lived, lackluster team on the TNA roster. They never really accomplished very much. They, they sort of seemed like they didn't really play well with management or others. Um, they never really accomplished very much. I think they lost most of their matches. So honestly, I think Generation Me can safely be placed in near the bottom of this list, well below the Horner line. If we were only going with Generation Me now, the, but I have... Mind you, that is the only way that I know these gentlemen. And this is our list. I understand that, because personally... I don't like the Young Bucks. Yes. I, I don't find them particularly enjoyable when they they're gonna on They are going to be team. below Cameron. Where's Cameron? Cameron's at 218. So the Young Bucks. I have to stop, though. I have to stop, though, because having said that. Come on. This list needs some amount of credibility, and there are many, many people out there who believe that the Young Bucks are one of the great tag teams of all time. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to put them in the top 20. I'm not even saying I would put them in the top 50. But. Well, let's be honest here for a second. I don't, because there's a conversation we probably should actually have. Folks, I was just trying to get a rise out of you of the Generation Me stuff below Cameron, etc. The conversation I think we need to have is about the Young Bucks and their participation in the recent event all in a very important independent show i think that would lend a lot of credibility to them on this list however i know that around the last reconciliation we decided to not consider those sorts of contributions so i mean jeff jarrett still number 14 on this list I don't know whether or not Jeff Jarrett's going to get moved lower in a future reconciliation. Um, I'm surprised that we didn't perhaps do that last time, but maybe we felt that was justified. Um, 
I don't know. How are you feeling about the Young Bucks in light of Jeff Jarrett being at 14 and taking all of that into account? I'm going solely based on three-time Ring of Honor tag champs, seven-time New Japan, actually eight-time New Japan tag champs, if you count their junior heavyweight and their tag team champions. They've been champions in PWG. They've been champions in Chikara, I believe. So I look at it and I say, okay, in good conscience, I have to rank them above Alberto Del Rio at 71. But this is our list. And I will be damned, sir, if they go higher than Heidenreich at 65. <laughs> All right. I mean, So if you want to put them anywhere in there, you've got Moolah, Dutch Mantel, a.k.a. Zeb Coulter, Bob listen, Orton, listen. Tori Wilson. I'm just going to say this. One time, and and if you say this is meaningless, then, then I'll be right down there with you underneath Heidenreich. But Okada is number 25. Yes. I could pick the Young Bucks out of a lineup. <laughs> you can't do that with Okada? Not so sure about that. <sighs> Okada held the IWG heavy... IWGP heavyweight title for a long, long time. I get your point, though. I mean, I'm I'm prepared... How do you feel about the Young Bucks and Al Snow? I was about to say that. I'm prepared to go as high as 38. Above Natalia, above Dean Malenko... I will go as high as 40. I don't know if I'm... Te- this, and this is just solely selfish on my part out of love for Dean Malenko. I would go higher than Lance Storm, higher than Rick Martel, higher than Abyss. I mean, that's some real good company. Honestly, when it you is. start talking about... I mean, I almost feel like Lance Storm needs to be another, like... Uh, we could go in 43 above, on this above, above Tajiri. No, I mean, I'm, actually, I'm making the point that... Lance Storm, I feel like it is a useful milestone point, and while he's quite accomplished and very good in this particular case, I I could see the argument to go above Lance Storm. I would say forty. Okay. Which is far higher than I want them to be, but surely they are doing something right that they are this popular. I just fail to see what it is. They throw a lot of super kicks, and they do a lot of high spots. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen them wrestle. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I I think I've seen them wrestle, you know, in a ring in TNA. But, yeah, I was never very impressed with it. The super kick party stuff that I've seen over the years, it, 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 it strikes me as very similar to Naomi's uh, kicks that she does. It just it never mm-hmm. has done the anything. The best part of the super kick party was Steve Carino on commentary screaming, "Super kick!" If not for that, it would it would have. It's just I, they. This goes into that area of spot fest that I don't like. There are some spot fests that I'm like, "Hey, this is cool," but there has to be an actual match in between, and I don't see a lot of that with them. All right. Well, but number 40, the Young Bucks. Next, number 270. 270. El Samurai. All right. Well, this is a guy that you might know. 
That just sounds Actually, like I a... take this number off the list. NWO Sting is in that area. I'm like, we already ranked the NWO Sting. See, I was gonna guess that El Samurai was a WCW character, but it turns out I'm incorrect. I don't know who El Samurai is. Yeah. I've never watched a match with El Samurai, so we can take him off the list and go with another number. He's he's well known in Japan, but he was so early in Japan that I never watched him. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, in which case. We'll move right along to 718. 718. Is there a 718? I think so. There is. It's the very last name on the list once again, and it is Hideo Itami. Oh, nobody's going to like this. (laughs) Uh, Okay, confession time, DC. Sure. I don't like Hideo Itami. Not not for lack of... Of liking him, but because, despite the fact that I don't know when did he debut in NXT around the same time as Finn Balor, right? Maybe even before twenty fifth. Yeah, I'm on this Wikipedia page. Why am I trying to look it up? Twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen. He's been around a long time, he and really I feel has. like all he. And again, I don't mean this. I don't. I don't mean to hold this against him, but I feel like. I've barely ever seen him wrestle because he spent so much time injured. Anytime uh, he got any traction, gone. According to Wikipedia, Hideo Itami translates into Hero of Pain, which is ironic when you consider that he has spent much of his time injured. He is now part of 205 Live. Uh, he is... But when you go to 205 Live, people forget you exist. So, I agree. I thought I would like him, and I did not. There you go. They spent a lot of time teasing him using the go to sleep, because he is the... I think he is credited as inventing the move. Um, But yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's below TJP on this list. I agree with that. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Again, people are people can make their cases if they want. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Like the highest but, um, I think I'm willing to go with him is around 176. I like him more than someone like Dante Fox from Lucha Underground. But I, I do feel like he is definitely below Dragon Azteca Jr. at 173. You're going higher than I would go. Okay. Like Hakushi. I like Hakushi more. Um, You said yourself you like the Highlanders. I do. I do. But, I I mean, I I start to see. That might be personal preference. I start to see an argument that Hideo Itami should be above Tamina. Well, he should be just from a a career perspective. He should be above. Well, Hakushi had a career in Japan, too. But somewhere in that area. Yeah. And and I care so little that really if you just wanted to throw a number out there, I'd go for it. Yeah. I so mean, if you want to say 176 and put him above Dante Fox, that's fine with me. What if... Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I was about to say I could see him above Luchasaurus, but I feel like that's an awful big jump. And I like yeah. Luchasaurus, despite having a much lesser career. Rhea Ripley 
is good enough to hold a title in WWE. Yeah. In fact, in fact, spoilers, she could hold a title in WWE at some point. You don't know. Right. So, yeah. I do not know that I Hideo Itami the the thing he made news for recently was WWE let him go back to Japan for some like memorial show and he was welcomed back in Japan with open arms and I'm like then stay there. <laughs> yeah. If people like you there, don't come home. I think he did so, go home. Well, then yes, don't come back here then. Stay there. Yeah. I feel similarly about Shinsuke Nakamura. Go back to Japan. Like, it's not working for you. 2018 was not a good year for Shinsuke Nakamura. Go back to Japan. Well, we'll see how that so, turns out. Pick a number. Yeah, one, uh, one, one 76. 76. 176. Hideo Kiktami. Yeah. All right. The next number is 36. 36. I should have kept track of how many names we picked. I did not. Oh, well. Um, we should have a discussion about this, because number 36 is Jerry Sags, who is one half of the Nasty Boys. Mm. Now, I kept them separate because Jerry Sags' tag team partner, Brian Nobbs, had more of a successful singles career than Jerry Sags did. Former hardcore champion in WCW, wrestled for quite a while without his tag team partner, but then again, the Nasty Boys are a pretty famous tag team. I would argue, yeah, based off of the fame, I would, I would, I could see an argument that the Nasty Boys are the peak of both gentlemen's careers, uh, despite Brian Knob having a somewhat successful singles run. As such, I, I think I would rank them as a team. Together. Okay. Uh, I'd like to point out, I love Wikipedia for this, that Cody Rhodes and Goldust have two uncles. One of them is Jerry Sags. The other one is Typhoon. Huh. What a life. What a life. Uh, yeah, and if we put the Nasty Boys together, the Nasty Boys had a good career. I don't recall them winning a ton of tag team titles. No. Um... And I feel like there's They're, a negative stigma around them. Um, I feel like they are some of those guys who just show up wherever Hogan is. And some people... Brian Nobbs, definitely. Yeah. But I don't know. I think every time I've seen them, I, I, I sort of feel like they're doing their thing anyways. Yeah. Um, but let's see here. Let me look for... Again, we don't want to need to compare team to teams. I put them below the Revival. Where is the revival? The revival is at ninety-seven. All so right. I'd put them below the revival. Um, right now, though, they'd probably be above the War Raiders. Okay. So and where are they? They're at one twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. How do what we? What about feel? the authors of pain? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the Nasty Boys, based off of their whole careers, probably belong above the Authors of Pain. But I do feel like the Authors of Pain could eclipse them at some point. 
Yeah, but they haven't yet. No. And we're going off of what they have done. There's a future reconciliation show if the authors... But right now, the authors of Pain have been eclipsed by their manager, who is small. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm even going to say I think I could see them above Luke Gallows at 107. I would put them above Drake Maverick, who we, we just talked about at 102. Maybe not Tyler Bate. But maybe better than Tyler Bate. Hmm. You know, forgive me, because I just said I don't want to put them above the Revival, but three-time WCW Tag Team Champions, one-time WWF Tag Team Champion, the Revival won the NXT title a couple of times, and that's it so far. Like, honestly, I'm looking even at, like, Alberto Del Rio is now at 72. Uh, Maria Canellis is at 71. I, I could see the Nasty Boys above that. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Nasty Boys and Chad Gable, got to go higher than that. Nasty Boys and I think we start Tatanka. running into trouble around around Haku at 63. Yeah, Haku and Tatanka, that's kind of where I started to slow down, too. Yeah. You know, you've got Bob Orton at 69, Mikey Whipwreck at 65. But again, I mean, I could see an argument above our truth at 57. I could even see above Christy Hemi at 52. Again, that's, Tito Santana, Too Cold Scorpio. That's about as high as I think I can go, though. Yeah, I would I would say if you want to throw them in the, the Magnum TA Kota Ibushi conversation, they won more titles than Haku. It's just Haku is Haku. but Sure. Well, I mean, I, th- yeah, I do think... somewhere in... I do think personal favorites, you know, have a place on this list, so... I mean, if you want to say 64 right below Haku. Okay. I would do that. I would, you're very kind. Let's say 64 above Mikey Whipwreck and above Minoru Suzuki of New Japan, uh, but below Haku. Haku and the Nasty Boys, I'm feeling the Coliseum video nostalgia out of that. I want to go watch a Survivor Series. I'm sure they teamed at some point in time. No doubt. All right. We are getting... Closish to the end. We always hope for that one great name to kind of send us off here. So let's let's roll the dice. All right. From either list, your choice. I'm going to the female list, and the number sure. is thirty-two. She is quite possibly the next SmackDown Women's Champion. It is Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. She. The one I thought was going to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I could have told you that. Well, you did tell me. Yeah, that. I did. All right. Hmm. Hmm. I, again, I don't think we necessarily need to rank her at this point, but Becky Lynch, to me, kind of... I look at Gail Kim, and I look at Becky Lynch, and I go, okay. Now, granted, Gail Kim at one point might have been the best wrestler of her era. I agree. I don't know that Becky Lynch is, so maybe that's not a great comparison, but... Yeah. Naomi's at 49. I think Becky Lynch, well, I don't know. Man, I'm going to get depressed. Becky Lynch is the inaugural SmackDown Women's Champion. She is. She didn't have a WrestleMania victory that I'm aware of, but would you put her higher than Naomi? In terms of personal preference, I would. Becky Lynch is a good wrestler. She has good reactions. As you know, I think she looks great at being sad. Um, 
And I, I she's done a nice job. She's done a nice job with this heel run being mad. She does sad and mad well. Yeah. So I yeah I like her. I do. Um, it's hard to make an argument though that would see her above Natalia at thirty eight. I'm even looking at Molly Holly at forty five. Like Molly Holly held women's titles. Mm. Hmm. Tajiri had the green mist. You know, actually, uh, Becky Lynch is very similar in some ways to Lance Storm, I would say. Um, That's fair. I think she, although I will say she, she's better at looking sad than Lance Storm ever was at emoting anything. Lance Storm looked serious. All the time. That was, that was all Lance Storm could do. Yes, I agree. Hmm. Again, if, if this leads to a SmackDown women's title run for Becky Lynch... I would go a little bit higher, but right now I'm almost thinking she needs to split the difference between Molly Holly and Naomi. Okay. Maybe above Fandango, who again we got to put a star next to his name because he's at 48. I I would definitely put her above also the Junkyard Dog, but not as I wouldn't go as high as Big E. So I would say 47 right there. Okay. I'll say this. If Becky Lynch becomes a two-time women's champion. Then I think she goes above Molly Holly. Definitely goes above Molly Holly at that point. Yes. So we'll have to revisit this when we do our reconciliation. Well, only if she wins the title. True. Becky Lynch, number 47. That's a big name. Big name. Do we, uh, I'm just saying, do we roll the dice? Yes, we do. Okay, give me a number. 218. Why is this guy's name highlighted? What did I do wrong? What's the number? 218? That is the number. 218 is... Oh, man. Bang! The Kiss Demon. So, the Kiss Demon, as I understand it, is totally not a member of Kiss. No. But perhaps in kayfabe, he is? Uh, let's see here. Uh, in the ni- late 90s, Eric Bischoff and Kiss came to a deal to create a wrestler that looked like Ki- a member of Kiss. I believe he was um, modeled specifically on Gene Simmons. Yes. Okay. Uh, they almost gave it to Crush. Actually, they did give it to Crush, but he hated it so much, he didn't want it. And so they gave it to a guy named Dale Torborg, who is a friend of Hulk Hogan's. Cool, cool. All right, great. Um, not very good. <laughs> not very good. There was supposed to be a stable where all of the members would get wrestlers. That didn't happen. He wrestled Vampiro... A bunch. Um, You know, Vampiro tried to turn him to the dark side. It worked for like three and a half weeks. Uh, And that was it. Then he wrestled a little bit because he was... Was he a race car driver at one point? Yeah. I feel like he had a gimmick where he wrestled... Where... Oh, he was part of... When WCW, because they had a race car, he was part of the pit crew. So I believe he wrestled with a like race car outfit, like Sparky Plug. Um, 
this guy is well below the Horner line. He went on to be a baseball coach and actually have a good career as a baseball coach. Uh, but this guy was, it was not good. The, the look was nice. He came out in like, it wasn't even a casket. It looked like one of those, um, you know, medieval torture devices where they put you inside this thing and they close the sarcophagus. It was a sarcophagus, essentially. And he came out of that. So the entrance was kind of cool. But he is below Craig Pittman. He is, I'm going to say he's below Brian Christopher. He's below, I think, Steve Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Like, we're talking, I like Lenny Lane better. I like Mason Ryan better, but that's kind of the ballpark we're talking about. Okay, but above or below Marty Bell? Above. (laughs) All right. He's in the he's in the Mason Ryan territory. The look was good, but there was nothing else to go with it. I think that you know applies in a way to Marty Bell as well. Okay, so I'm gonna say, actually, yeah, I'm gonna say two forty below roadblock, below roadblock, okay. but above high voltage. Definitely above high voltage. <laughs> oh, the WCW nostalgia. I'm almost done. I'm watching, like, the fifth to last pay-per-view. At this point, I'm just like, just end. For the love of God, just end. So that means you're going to restart, right, at the beginning? No. That means I'll move on to either ECW or my lost years of WWF or something else. All right. We we can't end on the Kiss Demon. We can't. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. 588. 588. It's going to be a banger, DC. I can feel it. Big money, big money, big money. All right. I like this guy. I don't know how you feel about this guy. He's Buddy Murphy. Um, <laughs> you have to look him up. <laughs> Blake and Murphy. Is he the one? Russell for the cruiserweights. He the He's the Australian one. Alexa Bliss or dated? Alexa he Bliss? is the one who is dating Alexa Bliss. Okay, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> uh, I like Buddy Murphy. Super potential. Has had some great matches. With Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander, I do think he is going to win the cruiserweight title in Australia because he is Australian. So I think that's going to be a big thing coming up at the Super Showdown. Uh, but outside of that, he's a former NXT champion, and that is about it. Yeah, so. I mean, do you think that Blake and Buddy is the highlight of both these guys? Should we be ranking them together? No. No, because I think Buddy Murphy's I think Buddy Murphy's highlight is actually the work he's done in Two Hundred Five Live that no one has noticed, sadly. But how I, how can that be the peak if nobody? I don't want to say that his the the peak of his career is wrestling blue pants. I don't want to say that. That was a pretty good. That was a pretty good moment. It was a great moment. Don't get me wrong, but. I but I'm being I'm being I'm being honest. Stop it. I'm being honest. Juice Robinson, aka CJ CJ Parker, is at 152. As of right now, Buddy Murphy has to be below CJ Parker. Really? CJ Parker is the IWGP US champion <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. All right. You make an argument. Um, but honestly, he's below the Ascension. They both had killer tag team championship runs, but I think the Ascension did it better in NXT. Yes, well, that's that's for sure. That is true. Um, but if you want to say he's better than Kurt Hawkins at 157, 
I know we already yes. put Rosa Mendez above Kurt Hawkins this episode. You want to say he's, no, he's, he's better than Rosa Mendez? I'm even listening to that. No. Oh, well. I can't say that because I've never seen Rosa Mendez. She was one person, her name came up, and I'm like, that must be a Lucha Underground person because I don't know who that is. And then I was like, oh, she had a 12-year WWE career that apparently I missed. Right. I mean, Buddy Murphy's had, I don't know how long his WWE career has been, five years? He spent a very long time not on NXT, like wrestling NXT house shows. His gimmick was he was the best kept secret of NXT. I mean, I sort of feel like Rosa Mendez has a lot in common with him then. When we were writing for the number two contenders, I wrote, can't miss prospects of 2015, and I mentioned Buddy Murphy. I also mentioned Alexa Bliss, I'm pretty sure, in that column. I was right on one of them. Yeah, you're right. Well, no, but again, I I will give credit to Buddy Murphy. It does sound like people are, are relatively excited about the work he's been putting in on 205 Live. Yeah, it's but, just that no one watches Right, it. that show, That's honestly, is just... This sounds awful because a lot of hardworking guys are, are working very hard to make that show something. But it's not. It's not anything. When you're... When you're when your high point is your part of the pre-show, like that's their main event. Their big match of the year is being part of the pre-show of a big pay-per-view. I mean, Raw's big claim to fame in the draft was, ah, we get the cruiserweights. But, like, outside of a random brawl or beat-up segment, you don't see any of those guys on weekly television. No, and I'm, I, I don't want to watch random six-man cruiserweight matches on Raw. So I am okay with that. Hello, Mrs. Manson. Um, but I do get it. Yeah. I'm putting him at 156, right below the Ascension, because that's actually a good comparison. Peaked in NXT. Doc eats a brownie. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. But again, if he wins the Cruiserweight title in Australia, I would then at least have him go up towards the Evan Bourne, Rich Swan area. And if he wins the Cruiserweight so. title, he's easily, I think... Above Rich Swan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're going, you know, maybe he's not as good as La Resistance or... You know, he well, he no. might be Actually, above, Apollo, above Cruz. Apollo Cruz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Apollo. All right. We're over an hour. I don't want to go out on a whimper here, but... Buddy we, Murphy we is not a whimper. Buddy Murphy, as you said. I'm just saying... Crash Holly, Two Cold Scorpio, Bart Gunn, The Young Bucks, The Nasty Boys, Becky Lynch, Buddy Murphy. This has been a pretty meaty show. It's been a meaty show, and let's face it, you're going to have a lot of guys in the middle of the list. You can only have ten people in your top ten, DC. I don't know if you knew that. That's true. We did put somebody in the top fifty. We actually, no, we put somebody in the, did we put, yeah, The Young Bucks. We put somebody in the top forty. All right. It was pretty good. I'll take it. I'll take it, I'll take it. Uh, if you dislike what you heard, if you don't think the Young Bucks should be 40, if you think they should be higher or lower, if you think Becky Lynch... Actually, no, yeah, that's true. Where's Becky Lynch? Oh, she's a 47. If you think she should be higher or lower, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We still got a while before we get to our next reconciliation show, but your emails are a core part of that, so you need to be telling us what we did right and what we did wrong here on the list. So if they wanted to send us an email with those thoughts, DC, to whence or where's, where'd they send it? Podcast 
at ddtwrestling.com. Yeah! Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good If night? you'd like to hear the rest of our nonsense, you can go to ddtpod.com to see all of our episodes. And, you know, if you like this show and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to financially support our wacky oral antics, and we will be indebted to you forever. If we get a ton of money, we can do even more of these. We could do mega. If you're a secret shows. billionaire, let us know. We are prepared to sit in these seats until the list is done. <laughs> oh, God. He said that, not me. <laughs> he is Doc Manson uh, at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, the Macho Man Randy Savage remains the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs>